Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today I'm answering a question that a couple of uh, men have had or topic a couple of men have suggested um, about how if their wife ignores them for like the whole time that the kids are young, which is of course a long time, then they are scared that they will detach and they want women to kind of know this, that the, the man is at risk of detaching and not really being there if the woman wants to reconnect in later life. But, you know, as, as I said, I, I could do a podcast about this, but many women don't want to reconnect in later life when, and the man thinks that they will because the woman says they will, but the woman doesn't really know that. And I'll talk about all the things that could influence this dynamic in a bit, right after I tell you to subscribe. Um, You may have noticed more of my episodes are paid subscriber episodes. The next one coming up is that most men don't criticize their wives' sexual performance. And if you have been in a dynamic where you as a woman have had your sexual performance criticized, uh, I will discuss the variables that go into that. And if you're a man that does that, I'll discuss you know, everything about that. (laughs) Um, And please do join my Facebook group. That's separate. You don't get the podcast. It's a paid podcast. If you join the Facebook group, it's a separate thing, but it is fun. And um, people talk a lot about their individual experiences. And I give my feedback. Other people give their feedback. And it's all really nice um, people that are kind and welcoming because that is a group rule and because that's who seems to come in anyway. Um, All right. Great. So for today's topic, what we're getting to here is the idea that, well, it's really an idealistic idea. It's the idea, and and young people think this, and every young person has thought this when they're young, um, have babies. They think almost like, okay, like after 18 years, you know, per baby, we then we're going to like reconnect. Oh, like, let's think about that. 18 years, that's a lifespan of a young adult. You think you know how you're going to feel at that time about your spouse or the marriage? Like, no, you're not. Like, I'm here to tell you that you don't know what you don't know. None of us do, right? And I'm sure in your lifetime, there have been many things that didn't go exactly how you thought they would go. This is going to be one of them. So, There's not really a world that I've seen where a couple is completely disconnected in later life, uh, sorry, in young child life, and then in later life, they reconnect, even though they were completely disconnected when the kids were young. That doesn't really happen. And um, it, it also doesn't really happen, though, and this is kind of the male fantasy of this, the male fantasy is that the woman will really want to. And that maybe that then they'll be in the driver's seat finally and they'll be able to say, um, basically, I don't want to reconnect. Uh, you have to almost prove to me that, that you really love me. That's, I think, part of the fantasy, too, is, is that the man will finally be validated by the woman. The woman will say something like, I made a mistake ignoring you while the children were young, and I really do want to reconnect now. This is, is not going to happen, man. You know, you, this should be put into the bucket of the fantasy that she comes and interrupts you while you're at work to give you a blowjob. Like, this is not going to happen. And not that nobody does that. And if you're listening to this, that would be a nice thing to go do for your husband. But, but the, the point is, like, the guys who fantasize about that, it usually doesn't happen because they're not in a world in which it could happen. And the women who disconnect for the entirety of the children's youth is not the woman that's going to want to reconnect later. 
That's the thing. So like I can make a PSA here that like the man isn't, the man will progressively detach. He's at risk for an affair. He's at risk for leaving all of these things. If you have extended periods of affectionless and sexless marriage, obviously. And if you're always putting little league over your sex life, I mean, like obviously the man is going to grow increasingly more dissatisfied and disconnected as a uh, woman with a physical touch love language would if the man said, no, no, basically we can't cuddle for the next few years because I am really stressed with managing my job, you know, with doing what I got to do at work. So we just can't have a connection. Well, then of course the woman's not going to come back to you. And it is a really good parallel. And I talk about this in my post, the young mother stage and why to come home early from work. There is a much smaller window for most women well, let me uh, let me separate it, right? So there are there's the more normative woman experience where when the children are extremely young and she is pregnant slash nursing slash raising a toddler before the child goes into kindergarten or preschool, she is consumed with the child. All right, this is normal. This is evolutionary. The child will, of course, die at that age if she does not really stay vigilant. And her body is only a few years out from the hormonal changes of pregnancy, childbirth, and nursing. So, so that, that happens to everybody pretty much. Then there's the subset of women who are very anxious slash avoidant attachment slash scared of intimacy who keep that going basically until the child is like 18 or longer. You know, and even the child being a young adult, she's somehow always planning trips to the college, always talking to the child on the phone, ordering them shit off of Amazon to arrive at their dorm. And somehow she's even just as busy now as she was when the child was living at home. So women like that are suffering from, you know, anxiety usually, which makes them a perpetual motion machine. And, you know, they also don't really focus on the marriage because intimacy is difficult and or they have trouble with the husband. They have particular grievances with him, empathic ruptures, etc. And they don't really um, care about the marriage because they feel so hurt in the past. And they are really trying to stay there to make an intact home for the children. So if you're in a situation where um, it's the former, where the woman is just really perseverating on everything about the kid because the kid is like literally five years old or younger, then you are the one who has to take a back seat and be patient and understand that this is her evolutionary imperative is to take care of this young child, right? But after that, if she still never returns, there's not a world in which she's going to return after the child is 18. I've never seen it happen. Where the a woman who basically wanted no closeness at all, pretty much, then, I mean, think about her age at that point, right? She's going to be in her 50s. In her 50s, in menopause, after decades of marriage is when she's going to then decide to turn to you? No way. If anything, then she's going to say, oh, thank God, the child is out of the house, has successfully raised them. Now, finally, it's me time. And instead of being a full-time caretaker, I am going to pursue my hobbies, my interests, possibly even start a second career. So that is much more of what I see. And you can relate this to my menopause podcast. So the, the idea that some men have, and the woman says it because she may mean it. So like, they're not lying. So if you have a wife, she's like 40 years old or something, your children, let's say, or elementary school age, and she says, listen, just like, you know, in another few years, they'll be teenagers, then we'll have time for ourselves. She's not bullshitting you. Very few women are saying this maliciously, like lying. That would be pretty crazy. There are very few sociopaths in the world that actively pathologically lie repeatedly 
but she thinks it it will happen. It seems plausible, you know, that that maybe she doesn't like to have any intimacy because the kids are little and 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 maybe it really does all change, you know. People of both genders are really big in self-delusion. That is um, really characteristic of the human experience. And people will tell themselves whatever sounds good because they want to reduce cognitive dissonance, which is something that is uncomfortable. When something that you um, think goes against something that you're actually doing, like you need to resolve it somehow. So the women feel zero romantic feeling toward the husband, but they're telling themselves, because it's less scary to think that this, that they're telling themselves that it's because the kids are young and they're so stressed rather than deeply interrogating if, if it really seems uh, plausible and realistic that their romantic feeling would be completely at zero uh, when they have like second graders and fifth graders. Like, does, does is everybody like that? No, but they don't go too deeply into it because it's terrifying to think that something about their marriage is bad. And particularly terrifying because if it's bad, you know, then they might have to divorce. And if the children are the number one thing in their life, then they don't want to put the kids through the pain of a divorce. So they stop the thought at its track and they just tell themselves, oh, I just feel no romantic feeling because the kids are young and I'm so stressed. But maybe when the kids are older, I will. And people feel like this. They genuinely do. Then, of course, the kids get older and they don't they don't feel any romantic feeling. So it doesn't just come back magically. This doesn't happen when there's not a definitive end point. So, for example, when a woman is nursing, her sex drive goes to nothing. Uh, It's basically the same as menopause because she isn't supposed to have another baby. Biologically, I've talked about this. Obviously, you can still get pregnant when you're breastfeeding, but your body doesn't want you to because your milk goes away. That happened to me immediately. That's how I knew I was pregnant with my second. My first was nine months. My second came along. My milk went to basically nothing. Thankfully, I was obsessive and had like a store of frozen breast milk that could have fed like an army of infants. And so I was able to, you know, at that point, I thought I had to breastfeed them. That's what they tell you, you know. And so I was able to make it until my oldest was one year old with my reserves. But I'll tell you, getting pregnant, the milk went away pretty much instantly. So your body evolutionarily then is not prioritizing the infant that you have if it gets pregnant with another baby while you're breastfeeding because your milk goes away, which in a world without breast pumps would have been a problem for me, right? Especially if there was no formula, etc. Everything is based on what we used to be, which is cave people with no formula. Um, so the, the without other things too, but in this case, formula is relevant. So the point is, your body doesn't want you to make another baby when you're breastfeeding, so your drive goes down. All right, this makes sense. When you stop breastfeeding, your drive goes back up because your body wants to make another baby. Yes, this is what it's about. Like, this is biology. This is evolution. So, but for some women, it doesn't. So it doesn't if they are anxious, if they never liked sex anyway, if they are depressed, if there is, if there is tremendous dysfunction in the marriage, if the guy was a real douchebag, if he cheated while she was breastfeeding, you know, like whatever the case may be, for some women, it does not go back up. For many women, it was never there. So now they could finally stop pretending and 
they tell themselves the reason they have no drive is because they have small kids. Then the reason they have no drive is because they have older kids. Then the reason they have no drive is because they have teenagers who are really stressful and are going out driving on their own and at any moment could call home and say they got into a car accident or got a girl pregnant or whatever. The point is, if you're in an elementary school age of kids parenting and your wife has no sex drive, you're supposed to deal with it now because there is no way if you believe that that shit is rebounding when they are teenagers or young adults and she's in her 50s post-menopause, then I have a bridge to sell you, right? This never gonna happen. I've never seen it happen. So you got to think clearly about this fantasy world. And so threatening women with this idea that, um, you know, if you don't focus on the marriage now, he's not going to want to reconnect romantically when he's in his 50s. This seems like a gift to many women. They don't want to reconnect when you're in your 50s. A lot of women that have had no drive and no romantic uh, yearnings and no desire to be close, the avoidant wives, refer to the avoidant wife podcast, when the kids were young are envisioning a parallel life retirement, you know, where you live your own life separately and to maintain the family finances and not affect anybody's net worth and give the children a place to come home on the holidays from Christmas and Thanksgiving, one house instead of two houses. They assume that you guys will stay together and that your needs are being met by whatever the hell hobbies you've picked up as a midlife male plus masturbation. And they think that that's fine. So if you are in a situation where you are telling yourself that you are in an emotional and sexual desert, but that somehow it will get better when she's older, doesn't make any sense, but some people tell themselves that, or that knowing this would make a woman upset. Many women, when the kids are out of the house, they are ready to divorce. They are ready. They have been ready to not be in a relationship for many, many years. They actually never wanted necessarily to be in a relationship, but they had a biological imperative that was kind of making them drunk, thinking that they wanted to be close because that is what evolution and biology does. It doesn't matter what your attachment style is. It doesn't matter if you like intimacy. Your ovaries want a baby. Your brain wants a baby. And this is the same as how men want to have sex. So if they, if you haven't had sex in a long time, it doesn't matter if the woman is compatible, you're going to want to have sex with her. And that is how many women feel with their biological imperative to have kids. You know, I mean, it, it just makes sense if you think about it that way, but many people idealize things and don't want to think about it that simply. But that is really what it is. So it, even the most avoidant woman, because sometimes people say, so why do these avoidant people get married? Why do they want a family so bad? Because it has nothing to do with romantic intimacy. It's a drive to have a baby. It's so different. Women feel in love with their baby. Even avoidant women frequently feel the greatest love affair of their life is with the baby. And that's not unusual. The greatest love affair of many women's life, most women, I, I would say most healthy women are going to be more in love. And I don't say healthy like pejorative. Usually the women that have trouble bonding with their babies had trauma. So that's what I mean. Like if you've had a, a very 
horrible childhood and now you get pregnant and have a baby frequently, you'll have higher rates of PPD, higher rates of inability to bond with your baby because all of your childhood trauma is being re-triggered. But in a situation where a woman had a somewhat normative childhood and uh, she has a baby, the oxytocin rush and the, the, the idea that you will now finally give your life for somebody that you love in an instant without even thinking about it, this is the deepest love that most people feel is for a new baby. So that doesn't have to do with your relationship with your husband. Your relationship with your husband is is somewhere else. It's in a different bucket. So yes, women want that. They don't think, there's no like bait and switch happening. A woman feels like she wants to connect with the man. She doesn't think about it in comparison to what other women feel because she's never been another woman. An avoidant woman has never been a different woman. <laughs> you know, she doesn't know. When she thinks that you're funny and that you're cute and that you guys and that you'll make a really good dad, she thinks that this must be the great love affairs that people sing songs about and and have on on movies because and that stuff in fact is just really songs and movies, but but there must be some equivalent of that in the real world and this must be what it is. And so that is what she thinks it is. And then she has the baby. And in her mind, very obviously and practically, at that point, you guys morph into a family. That's why so many avoidant women like this seem are, are very confused when their husbands bring them into counseling because they're like, wait, I don't understand. We're a family. I'm a mother. Like, this is what the whole point is of our lives. Why are you telling me about all the shit you want to do in bed? I don't understand. That isn't what we're doing. That isn't our life. I thought it was obvious that our life was going to be raising a family. And they are just as flabbergasted as the man is to hear that that is what she always thought that a marriage was because he thought it went without saying that there would continue to be some sort of intimate romantic relationship. And she thought there would not. And of course, these assumptions are rooted in our families of origin, our attachment style, a, a million variables. But but yeah, so... You know, TLDR here, if you think that there is a way that you're reconnecting with a woman in her 50s that's never wanted to be close in her 40s or 30s, this is silly. That's not going to happen. And you should get into therapy now to see if this relationship is sustainable before you end up 50-something years old, looking back and saying the last few decades were lonely and there is no relief in sight and there was not going to be this oasis that you got to at the end of the desert of the child's youth, right? And also, if you are a woman listening to this, this can help you understand what your husband is thinking. That if you're thinking, oh, thank God, basically by the time he's 50 and I'm 50, We'll have raised uh, our children. They'll be out of the house. He'll be able to do the trips, the white water rafting, whatever his hobby is. I'll be able to finally volunteer more. Maybe I'll even start my own business. It's going to be great. And then the kids are going to come home periodically. Maybe we'll even live to, you know, move to where one of them goes to school. That would be fun. No, if he's been up your ass all these years to be closer, he actually thinks that when the kids are out of the house, you guys are going to have this great 
romantic harmony. If that makes you incredibly uncomfortable and anxious to think about, you owe it to him now to talk about your differing expectations for this time of life, which is also in a podcast I wrote about whether you and your partner have the same post-retirement, empty nester years uh, expectations. Because this is a very big issue I see is that people realize too late that they have very different views. It's not too late because, you know, you can always pursue whatever sort of alternate lifestyle or relationship you want, but people get very blindsided when a spouse has a completely alternative view than they thought that they did. You know, a a very different one. One person wants to travel. One person wants to stay home every day. One person thinks we're going to reconnect sexually and romantically. One person thinks that ship sailed 10 years ago. What the hell are you talking about? Et cetera. All right. So I hope you got a lot out of this podcast. And um, please do, uh, well, you have subscribed. And please do join the Facebook group if you think that it would be good for you. I also have hired a lot of people at my group practice, Best Life Behavioral Health. Uh, My life coach and my sex coach, who is a registered sexologist, they are not therapists so they can work anywhere in any state and they work with a lot of different issues obviously the sex coach works with intimacy issues heather ray and the life coach meredith jacobs works with a lot of other stuff career and parenting and divorce and relationships um she only works with individuals heather works with both individuals and couples Uh, meredith used to be a lawyer so if anybody has career issues they can also work with her and i have another career coach kat who's also a therapist so i got a lot of people going and uh you should look that up. And of course, you could always work with me. I have increasingly less and less availability, though, which is why I'm hiring all these other people. All right, I'll talk to y'all soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Wait, I got confused again. You did not subscribe to hear that episode. That episode, this episode I'm on right now is a free episode. So you definitely should subscribe because I am about to record my next subscriber episode, which as I talked about is if you're a man who criticizes your wife in bed, you are in the minority. And here's the dynamics that lead to that. All right, bye-bye.